Who did you choose as the Venture Voice Entrepreneur of the Year? Welcome to Venture Voice, show number 26. I'm your host, Greg Gallant. This is the second and final part of our Entrepreneur of the Year Award show. Last time, we announced that the Entrepreneurial Achievement Awards were won by Jason Fried of 37 Signals and Joel Spolsky of Fog Creek Software. You chose them out of 20 world-class entrepreneurs. Today, we announce who you chose as the Venture Voice 2005 Entrepreneur of the Year. We counted all the voice and text votes you sent us, and though it was a heated race, the choice was clear. The Venture Voice 2005 Entrepreneur of the Year is Kelly Purdue. Congratulations, Kelly. Kelly gained national fame when he won The Apprentice 2. His career is diverse. Kelly got his start in the U.S. Army. Though the Army is very regimented, that background didn't stop Kelly from being an entrepreneur. In fact, he feels it was a helpful start. He cut his teeth in business as a dot-com entrepreneur. As we all know from other Venture Voice guests, the internet bubble did not treat all of its entrepreneurs kindly. Kelly was one of those entrepreneurs. He spent some time at Deloitte Consulting, but he soon got back into business for himself by founding E-Teams. But I think the reason you chose Kelly for this award was not for his resume, nor was it for his performance on The Apprentice. It's for what he's done since. After gaining the public eye and hobnobbing with celebrities, some might kick back and relax. It's hard work being an entrepreneur after all. Kelly's still just as aggressive in terms of taking advantage of new opportunity as he's always been, if not more so. In fact, I had to keep notes just to keep all his new ventures straight. In addition to writing a book that's just been published, Kelly's involved with a new TV show and a new venture with Trump. Today, he announces he's launching a new venture capital shop with a different spin than the average venture capital shop, He intends to work with angel investors to follow on and keep funding entrepreneurs. So, from army man, to entrepreneur, to consultant, back to entrepreneur, to game show contestant, to corporate vice president, to author, and now to venture capitalist. Kelly Purdue. That's the type of story we like at Venture Voice, and apparently our listeners do too. Now we're going to have Kelly on the show and play some of your votes for him. Hear his reactions and hear what he's up to next. Enjoy the show. Well, Kelly, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. So first of all, we'd like to announce the winner of the Entrepreneur of the Year, and that's you. Congratulations. That's uh, really exciting, Greg. I appreciate uh, the honor of being nominated. That was uh, quite a quite stiff competition. A lot of great uh, people in there, and uh, honored, obviously, to have been uh, been selected. Yeah, we had a lot of call-in votes, and you know, I'd just like to start off by playing a couple of them and getting your reactions. Okay. My name is Sandra Fuller. I live in Decatur, Alabama. I'm voting for Kelly Purdue because I think that the way he has applied both his education, his military experiences, and his life experiences into a successful entrepreneurship slash apprenticeship, Donald Trump's organization is really very valuable and something that other people could watch 
and learn from. I certainly hope that Kelly wins. So uh, is that an issue, uh, working at uh, the Trump Organization and kind of remaining entrepreneurial? Uh, not at all. In fact, you know, Donald Trump a- absolutely embraces entrepreneurship. One of the businesses that I've actually kind of brought to the forefront now is a, a com- company called Trump Direct Media. Two partners and I actually approached uh, Donald about starting this company. He liked it, embraced it, and is supporting us in our efforts to get this uh, company off the ground. So what exactly does the company do? Uh, Trump Direct Media basically does celebrity-endorsed direct marketing uh, for premium brands and services. If you think about, I guess, a, a good proxy would be kind of the Val Pack that can, you know comes to your apartment or home with about you know, 20 advertisements in it from local vendors. Think, think about that concept, only think about it very high-end uh, with a national footprint, celebrity-endorsed, called Trump Exclusives, um, with the best you know, and highest uh, services and products. So, you know, basically a high-end Val Pack. doesn't exist. This would be the first one. And in addition to uh, those, those premium brands and services that we'd be bringing into the, the, the households, there would also be a sweepstakes every month a charity involved every month. Um, we've got a beta site up called Trump Exclusives right now, and we're looking to do our first drop in the New York metro area in the first half of 2006 and then spread uh, over the rest of 2006 to additional cities. Great. Well, uh, let me just pop back to the votes here for a second. We'll just play a couple more and then get into what you've been up to lately. My name is Dawn Miller. I'm calling from Los Angeles, California. I'm voting for Kelly Perdue. I'm voting for him because I think that he has shown a great level of entrepreneurship and skill um, by winning The Apprentice and then not only just using it on The Apprentice but going on to do many other things with it, a book, a TV show, charitable endeavors, many other things. Um, And I think that he has uh, the charisma to go on and uh, further succeed in his history and his background shows that he has what it takes to get where he wants to be and that when he focuses on something, he really achieves it. Okay. So there she brought up your book. Why don't you tell me a little more about that? Absolutely. Um, when I was uh, you know, first watching the show, The Apprentice, I got lots and lots of questions, and most all of them started off with, do you think your military background helped you win the show at all? And initially, I would answer that question pretty quickly, just with a kind of a curse rule. Well, sure, you know, the discipline, attention to detail um, definitely helped a lot. But then I got to thinking about it, and I kept getting asked the question over and over, and it actually frustrated me a little bit that everyone didn't realize some very solid leadership principles are instilled in you in the military. And the reason I wrote the book is called Take Command, 10 Leadership Principles Learned in the Military Put to Work for Donald Trump. Um, basically talks about these 10 leadership principles that I think uh, have enabled me to be successful in business and just in life in general, and how taking those and applying those to business um, was effective. And I got not just, you know, because I haven't really hit business home run yet. You know, I've hit some singles and doubles and you know, been, <laughs> been working away. So I went out and found some just, business icons, just amazing individuals who have military backgrounds and got them to provide their anecdotal, you know, kind of support and some credibility that these principles were important to them, learned in the military, and that enabled them to be successful in business. And some of the people that I've interviewed, that I interviewed for the book include Pete Dawkins, who's the vice chair of Citigroup, uh, Marsha Evans, she recently stepped down as the CEO of the Red Cross, Ross Perot, uh, Jim Kinsey was the founding CEO of AOL, Bill Coleman, the founding CEO of BEA Systems, 
the fastest company to a billion dollars in revenue and got their funding from Warburg Pincus when they started. And then Roger Staubach, who I think a lot of people probably know is the Dallas Cowboy, uh, you know, Super Bowl, two Super Bowl champion quarterback, who now has a 1,300-person real estate firm with 60 offices across the U.S. And being able to sit and talk to these, you know, amazing entrepreneurs who have taken their kind of military background and used a lot of those skills and leadership principles to grow their businesses. The idea behind the book was, one, educate corporate America on the, the, the real value that vets can bring into your organization from a leadership standpoint. Two, give those people, those servicemen and women leaving the military, um, kind of reassurance. Because there's a lot of anxiety when you're leaving the military and heading out into the corporate world that, hey, you know what? You've got phenomenal capabilities. You've got, I guess, you know, the skills to pay the bills. And then finally, just uh, even people without military experience can really develop their own leadership uh, characteristics um, through some of the kind of examples and, and walkthroughs of the different leadership principles that I give in the book. So I'm pretty excited about it. It actually launches on, uh, it's available in stores on January 23rd, and we've got a pretty big uh, marketing campaign lined up to uh, hopefully uh, get that book out there. Oh, well, we look forward to taking a read. Uh, I just want to play my... These are my two personal favorite votes. Let me just play them for you, and then we'll uh, get on with it. <laughs> Here we go. My name is Timothy. I'm from New York City, and I'm voting for Kelly Perdue because he definitely cared about America's youth. And then uh, right after that, about a couple minutes later, I got this one. Hi, it's uh, Scott from New York, New York. I am voting for Kelly Perdue. Um Voting for him uh, because my friends are as well, so part of the team. Have a good day. Bye. <laughs> so it's always quite the jumbo we get there. <laughs> uh, well, one, one of the things that I've been very feel very fortunate about from the apprentice standpoint is it gave me somewhat of a platform to impact some things that were important to me. And the the leaders that I spoke with um, that I interviewed all had one thing uh, definitely in common. It was really obvious, and they they gave back. And I've been really fortunate to be able to be involved with a few uh, charitable organizations um, that do have a lot of focus on the youth, from the youth standpoint. Um, one of them is the Big Brothers Big Sisters program that I think a lot of people are very familiar with. I was a big after graduate school in Los Angeles, and it was an extremely rewarding experience for me, and I would encourage everybody out there to try to get involved with that program. It really does impact both the, both the, uh, the little that you're, that you're helping out and you a great deal. Um, the other organization is the National Guard Youth Challenge Program. And this organization is basically, it's in 23 states, and the idea behind it is to help high school dropouts, ages 16 to 18 years old, get back on the right track. Basically what it does is it gets um, these high school dropouts. You can't have a felony on your record, and you can't be taking any drugs when you enter the program. But you get a five-month kind of mini boot camp um, with the National Guard unit, and at the same time, you get your GED, so it helps you get your educational requirements. And you also learn some kind of a skill or trade, whether it's, you know, carpentry or plumbing or, or you know, working electric with electricity. And then there's a 12-month mentoring process that occurs once you graduate from the program where you check in on a weekly basis with a mentor, you know, in your local community um, to see that you're on track with your life plan. The results of the uh, kids that have been through this program is unbelievable. Over, I think, 58,000 kids have been through the program in the 23 states where it exists, and there's anywhere from, you know, five to 8,000 in the program at any one time. And 90% of the graduates 
um, are in one of these three buckets. So, and it's about equally distributed. So about a third, a third, a third. A third of them join the military. They really get their first taste of being part of a team, of having some structure, of knowing that somebody else cares about them, being part of something that's bigger than they are. Another third um, just get, you know, civilian jobs, you know, regular, you know, working, paying jobs. And another third of them actually go on to advanced schooling, go on to college of some sort. So that's about a 180-degree turnaround for being a high school dropout. And the testimonials of these kids that have been through the program uh, you know, really move you. You hear these kids that are in serious trouble, you know, with drugs and, you know, crime and everything else, and they get their lives turned around. So I've been helping them to raise money and trying to increase awareness about this program. So it feels really good to kind of give back, and I, it's still kind of weird to look at this as a kind of quasi-celebrity status where I can impact uh, things just by just by talking to the media. That's great that you're kind of putting it to good use. Have you ever found, on the other hand, to be a challenge with people thinking maybe not taking you maybe seriously since you're uh, a winner. I once had a friend who on um, who's on Jeopardy and they'd all tell him, you know, don't put that on your resume. Although uh, I can imagine the apprentice is quite different. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I think everybody you meet's got some, you know, perspective on what a reality show is or isn't. I looked at that, you know, going into the, going into the apprentices, you know, this is a way for me to kind of interview with every future you know, employee that I had, every investor, every partner, and kind of comported myself in a manner that I, you know, I was proud of. And, you know, I'm not in any way at all, you know, ashamed or hide the fact that this is, and I haven't received any any negative feedback so far that that was the case, that, you know, they kind of take me less seriously because I was on The Apprentice. I've really tried to take advantage of the opportunity from a learning standpoint. That's kind of always what I do with every situation that I'm in. I've learned a lot from uh, from Donald and the Trump Organization about real estate, about marketing and branding. You know, understanding the use of the media. It's just been a phenomenal experience. Not to mention the the increase in the size and the scope of my uh, personal network. Hey, so speaking of that, you're launching a uh, new uh, angel-led VC fund. That's correct. Um, the Tech Coast Angels is the largest uh, angel group in the United States. And I actually uh, was the benefit of one of their investments in one of my prior startups that I was involved with called E-Teams. The, uh, Tech Coast Angels invested a million dollars in our first round, sat on our board, and I actually became friends with the founding president of the Tech Coast Angels, Louis Villalobos. We served on the E-Teams board together. And Angel-Led Venture Partners uh, is designed to do a few things. Basically, what we do is we leverage and have relationships with the major angel groups across the United States, the Common Angels in Boston, the Band of Angels in Silicon Valley, the New York Angels in New York, Tech Coast Angels in Southern California. And there's a funding gap, there's a problem that exists right now where a lot of the VC funds are so big that the partners can't afford to put, you know, anything less than 10 or 15 or $20 million to work because they'd have too many, you know, deals going. They couldn't pay enough attention to them. So they can't put a million dollars or two million dollars in a deal. It's just too too small of an amount of money based on the due diligence and the effort and the work that's required when you work, you know, when you have a half a billion or a billion dollar fund. So there's a little bit of a gap that exists because you know as all the entrepreneurs out there know, when you're looking for a million dollars in funding, you can't afford to eat ten million dollars worth of funding because you won't own any more of the company anymore. Whoever invests in you will uh, own all the equity. So there's a gap in that kind of you know, a million to two million range, you know, that the angels can usually cover all the way up to, you know, $10 million. So 
what we'll do with angel-led venture partners is work closely with these angel groups as they conduct their due diligence to make investments. We'll co-invest as a very friendly venture capital group in their, you know, in their best deals. And then one of the advantages that gives us as we move forward is in the series B, C, and D rounds, many of those individual angels you know, just can't afford the absolute value to maintain their position. If you put $50,000 in the first round, you know, they may or may not be able to put 200000 or half a million dollars in round two or round three, and they kind of sit, you know, knowing they'll be diluted. They'll just sit with their original $50,000 investment. And the, the actual numbers indicate that about 70% of angels don't do any more of the, you know, if 10, 10 angels put in $50,000 each in Series A, only three will continue to be follow-on financing in Series B and C. So what we'll do, because we'll have a deeper pocket and we'll actually be designed to do this, is we'll be able to assume a pro-rata portion of whoever doesn't go forward share, in essence, kind of doubling and tripling down on the second and, you know, and third rounds of financing. Plus, we have very good relationships with a lot of you know, Tier 1 VC funds um, from all the work that we've done, uh, my other two partners and I, in terms of raising money and Lewis's relationships with all the VC funds that are uh, involved with the Tech Coast Angels. So I think it's a really good opportunity. I'm excited about it because I like, you know, one, growing and helping to grow companies. And I've only been able to do, you know, one or two at a time so far. But with this fund, it'll enable me to help, you know, anywhere from 20 to 35 ventures grow. I'm pretty excited about it. Sounds that way, and it sounds like uh, you might have a little bit of a challenge. Uh, I know that there are some professional investors who say it's kind of a pain to work with angels and that some of these angels don't really have much experience doing venture deals and can kind of slow things down. Is that something that you're worried about? or? Yeah, that, that's, that's a great point. Um, for the last, you know, like I said, Lewis founded the Tech Coast Angels. Um, they've, they've funded 108 deals since inception, and to the tune of about $60 million of their, you know, the, of the angels' personal money. And they've, in those deals that they've invested in, gotten over $600 million of venture capital funding to co-invest and or invest in follow-on rounds. So the process and the professionalism that Lewis put in place for the Tech Coast Angels, he's basically spent the last six years providing, you know, doing workshops and developing relationships to take those due diligence processes, how do you assign different angels to, you know, specific deals, how do you conduct and, and develop that due diligence and show it to the rest of the group, how do you do terms that are going to be acceptable to follow on, you know, venture capital funds, you know, for the follow-on rounds. He's really taken it to, you know, from an art to a science, and the groups that he's gone and helped are the, uh, I think, eight of the top ten groups in the U.S. are um, on our advisory board for angel and venture partners. So we're very much about kind of developing a seamless process that handoff from kind of the angel level to the venture capital level uh, will happen a lot uh, with a lot less friction and hopefully will uh, change a little bit of that attitude and perception that angels are difficult to work with. But Lewis definitely has the relationships with those groups and I'm actually excited about that aspect of it because there's so many um, really phenomenal you know, business leaders that are inside of these angel organizations. I think 70% of the 235 individuals in the Tech Coast Angels were CEOs of their own, you know, of their own company at one time or another before that. So you got so many ventures going on now. Let me ask you: When you meet someone for the first time, let's say someone really important, which business card do you give them? 
That's a great question. I just direct them to my website where it's all laid out. It is, it is, uh, it is interesting. And one of the things I've watched and learned, uh, uh, you know, I've watched an expert in action at this in terms of uh, watching Donald Trump work with all the different ventures that he's got, he's involved with. One of the one of the chapters in my book is called Teamwork and uh, Intake Command. I describe it pretty, pretty. What I think from a leverage standpoint and how you how you're really capable of of doing a lot of different things well is to have really strong team members in all the different organizations that you're involved with, whatever you're doing. And I've really tried to, you know, to live by that maxim. And I'm really excited about all the team members that are involved with the different different organizations that I'm working with. Yeah, so do you ever worry about getting spread too thin with this stuff or you think uh you feel like you have a strong enough team in each uh each department? Well, it's pretty interesting because a lot of the stuff that, that I'm working in, well, I definitely feel like I have a strong team in each of the groups, and we just keep building them and building them. I mean, when I when I left to go do The Apprentice, I left, you know, two organizations. One, I was the president. One, I was the founding CEO. And they both thrived and done very well. Motor Pride, we're actually in the process of selling. Um, so the general manager that we put in place when I left Motor Pride um, has done a great job. His name's Klaus Holzapfel. And... I'm really excited about the sale of that. And then the other one, Core Object Software, 150-plus person outsourced software development company with an office in Bangalore. And, you know, our main channel was, you know, primarily through these venture capital portfolio companies that needed software built. And the teams at both organizations really stepped up and done a great job and continued to grow. And, you know, that's a, you know, that's something I'm very proud of, and you know, hope we're going to continue to do that with all with anything that I become involved with. So, for the next three months, what are you going to be focusing on? Uh, well, the book launch uh, is on January 23rd, and I've got a, a three-week uh, book tour and launch. And um, I'm also finalizing filming for the GI Factory, which is a which is going to premiere on March 24th. And what we do is we look at military technologies and go into the factories in the U.S. where they're made and see them go from kind of, you know, raw materials to a finished product. And the tagline is, you know, I'm Kelly Purdue. I'm going to take you from the assembly line to the front line. And we look at a bunch of really neat technology. So I've been driving around in Abrams tanks and firing M16s for the last couple of weeks. And it should be a pretty interesting show. It's a nice match and mixture of my kind of business side and the technology side from the, from the military standpoint. Well, that sounds exciting. And you're traveling right now for that, aren't you? Yes, actually, I uh, was at the M16 factory in uh, Columbia, South Carolina yesterday, and tomorrow I'll be at a uh, robotics plant in Knoxville, Tennessee, where they, they build the robots that uh, detonate mines so that uh, our soldiers uh, don't get in harm's way. So what's the coolest thing you've seen so far? i got to tell you, it was pretty neat to be in Tempe, Arizona, driving in a fully up-armored Humvee with all of the weapon systems intact, and uh, we took it through a Carl's Jr. drive-through. There were some pretty excited faces on the people inside the restaurant. That sounds like a real blast out there. So, um, before we wrap up, any advice to the uh, entrepreneurs out there who voted you in for this award? Oh, I want to say uh, thank you to everyone who voted for me. I really appreciate it. There are a lot of great. I mean, the focus of my book was definitely on leadership principles. My context for talking about the book is being an entrepreneur. So many of the examples in the book are for entrepreneurs and about entrepreneurs. So I think that uh, entrepreneurs will glean a lot uh, from uh, from a read of Take Command. Great. Well, I'm sure everyone will be running to the bookstore. Hey, thanks a lot, Greg. Again, I really appreciate the nomination, and uh, I like what you guys are doing at Venture Boys. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks a lot for coming on again. You bet. 
Well, that wraps up the Entrepreneur of the Year Award Show. Thanks to Kelly and to、uh, all of our other winners, guests, listeners, voters for coming on and participating with this new venture of ours. It was great to hear from our listeners in addition to our guests. Definitely, let's not make this the end of our dialogue. Keep coming on to our website, venturevoice.com. Leave us comments, interact with other listeners there. Send us private emails, talk at venturevoice.com. You can pop onto the website to find our listener line number. Send us more audio, which we're always happy to play at the end of the show. And I think that the show will just keep getting better and bigger because of the listeners and because of the guests. We've got some really great guests lined up for you. We're going to be hitting it really hard beginning of this year. Entrepreneurs from all walks of life, entrepreneurs in all industries. And in addition to some entrepreneurs, we'll keep talking to venture capitalists, angel investors, everyone else who helps this whole entrepreneurial process along. So, again, guys, thanks a lot for tuning in. Thanks to Kelly for coming on our show. Can't wait to hear more from all of his new ventures and from the new ventures of all of our past guests. This is Greg Gallant for Venture Voice Entertaining Entrepreneurship.